Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. The Lord is good. Hey, I do think, uh, as that video just said, I think it's time that God's people rethink church. Yesterday, all day long, until about 1 o'clock this morning, there was a crew here, and they were filming a, a, a movie, a Christian movie, in our church. Uh, something that may have been unheard of a few years ago, but today, well, we need to rethink strategy on how we can get in to the community, how we can reach out, how we can bring people in, how we can go out. I think it's time that we rethink church and what church means. Uh, it's been said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You ever do that? Well, if I try it one more time. But the reality is, we are the church. All right, we're going we're gonna to pretend like we're really charismatic today. Okay? We are the church. There you go. The church was created, founded by Christ, and it is a victorious church. The church was never meant to be defeated. It is an overcoming church that the gates of hell cannot prevent it. And it's built upon a solid foundation that the winds and the waves of this life cannot uh, move the church of God. You are the church. We are the church of God. And God never intended the church to be weak. It never intended it to be anemic, to, uh, to lack in power or authority. We are the church. And if the church today doesn't look anything like uh, that church, I'm going to tell you it's not God's fault. Okay? If, if the church is not doesn't look like, doesn't act like, doesn't sound like, doesn't do things like you see the church in, in the scripture that's victorious, that overcomes, that, that endures through persecution and, and endures through hardship and rejoices in victories and rejoices in battles. It's not God's fault. We have, God has not left us, but we may have left God. I, I felt all morning long that somebody's going to have a great victory today. I really feel like somebody's going to have a, a turnaround moment, whether it's somebody here, somebody that's watching online. But I want you to, to focus, if you would. The Bible says to bring every thought into captivity into the Lord. So if you're thinking about other things, then, then bring those thoughts back into captivity and say, I'm going to focus on the Word of God. I want to hear what God has to say to me today. I think it's time to take a close look at what the church is and what it can accomplish with all that God has given us. Let me say that again. I believe it's time that we get out the magnifying glass, that we get out uh, the telescope, that we begin to look at in deeper measure at what the church really is and what God has laid at our disposal that we can be effective. Because the truth is, you are stronger than you know. 
you hear these stories sometimes in, in true stories of uh, five, six-year-olds lifting cars up because they've fallen on their dad or something, and they pick them up, and they say, well, how does he get the strength? It's in there somewhere. The adrenaline starts pumping, and, you know, uh, you know, if you're ever riding your bike when you're a kid, and then some big uh, dog, like a pit bull or something, takes off after you, uh, it's amazing how fast you can go. Where did that speed come from? It came from the adrenaline, because you were moving. We, as God's people, have a lot more for us than what we have against us. We have more ability at our disposal than what we could ever imagine. And I, 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 you are stronger than you know. You are stronger than the adversary. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care what the devil says to you. I don't care what the devil is trying to throw at you. If you get a hold of the source of the presence of God in your life, that same spirit which dwelt in Christ dwells in you. That same spirit that allowed Christ to say, peace be still, and the winds and the waves obeyed him lives in you that same spirit allowed him to walk on top of the water lives in you you're stronger than you know you have more power at your access and your availability than what you could imagine and I think it all begins I think we need to look take a closer look at the cross at the cross most of us look at the cross in respect to what we didn't receive. I look at the cross and I think, man, he died for my sins. You're probably sitting there thinking, yes, and he died for mine. And we did not receive penalty for those. Aren't you thankful? We did not receive what we did deserve. We deserve death, and yet Christ is our substitution. Jesus took our rightful place. We should have been on that cross. We should have died for our sins. But Jesus died so that we might live and not just live in an anemic uh, life, but in an abundant life. But there's more to the cross. And there's more to understanding the cross than just forgiveness. Because Jesus paid that penalty, we now have grace extended to us when Jesus died that veil that was in the temple that separated the holiest of holies from from the holy place it was only where the high priest could go in and that's where the the presence of God dwelt where the presence of God lived and it was torn from the top to the bottom and you say well that's to let us in but it's also to let us out uh, God out into our lives because we, we no longer have to go to a temple for the presence of God Paul said don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit that word temple you know what that means he was saying, don't you know that you're the holiest of holies? You are the place where the very presence of God resides. Let that sink in for a moment. You and I, because our, our sins are forgiven, because we have been cleansed, we can now receive the presence of God in us. We are our grace was costly for Christ. 
but we receive it freely. We couldn't earn it. You can't earn it. We've talked about that so many times. Grace was given to us as a free gift, but it's like any other gift. We just went through Christmas a few weeks ago, and somebody mentioned the other day, hey, there's only 49 weeks until Christmas. (laughs) Please, Lord, let's let's, let's wait for a while. Uh, I, I believe everybody in here probably got Christmas gifts. You gave them and you received them. Here's something about the Christmas gifts that I receive. If I didn't open them, they would still be sitting there. They were bought, paid for, wrapped, put nice little neat little bows on, and sat there with my name on it and said, here you go. But they, I didn't know what was in them, and I didn't know what to expect until I took that gift, opened it up, looked at it, and said, man, this is something I've always wanted. If I wouldn't have opened them, they would still be there. I wonder that with our relationship with God. Are there things in our relationship with God, gifts that he has given us, that, that, that he, has, he bought and paid for with his own blood, with his own body, when he rose victorious and he gave gifts unto men? I wonder if there are gifts, spiritual gifts, that, that God has wrapped up in nice packages and beautiful bows and laid them at our feet and said, here you go, and we just haven't opened them. I think it's time to open them. I, you know, uh, can I just go on a, can I get on a soapbox for a moment? I'm sick and tired of hearing Christians, God's people, talk about the doom and gloom of the world. I know it's not great. And I know it's going to go down because the scripture says it's going to go down but the church is going up. I think it's time that that we quit focusing on all the things of this world and trying to figure out all the things that we do to fix this world and realize that the only way the world is going to be fixed is when Christ comes back, establishes his kingdom, sets his authority, and we get to rule and reign with him. Until then, you're going to have confusion and you're going to have a mess because sinful people are in charge. So we pray for them, we ask God to bless them, but we keep our eyes on the prize, and that is Christ's return. And when, we, when our focus is on eternity, everything else falls into place. We're the church. And here's the amazing thing. When we die to self, we awaken to this new life in Christ. It's an amazing thing that the more I die to self, the more I find myself in Christ. When I, when, I, when I walk and I don't follow after the flesh, but I begin to follow after the Spirit, amazing things happen. And, and God begins to reveal himself in us. There is a grace that can be given to us on the other side of the cross. Paul writes about this in Colossians 1. 13, 14. That's where I want to go today. I want, to, I want you to focus on Colossians 1, 13, 14. Let's, let's read what Paul is talking about this grace. He's talking about him, uh, our Father, and he says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. 
in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's camp on this for a minute. What, what is this grace that, that came because of the cross? What does it do for us? Number one, the Bible says that, that grace rescues. He rescued us. That word rescued simply means to pull to oneself. That we were in the dominion or the authority or the power of darkness. We were in the realm of the blind. We were in the devil under the devil's authority. He could kick us around. He could do what he wanted because we were just following our selfish, uh, our fleshly desires. The devil had us. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The devil never comes to us and says, I want to rule over you. He'll never say, I want to be your master. He doesn't attack us that way. What he does is he says, you need to be autonomous. You don't have to follow God. You can follow your own way. And when you follow your own way, you become a servant of Satan. And the Bible says, he's rescued us. He, he pulled us from the darkness. He pulled us away from the authority that the devil had over us. Through the work of the cross and the pardon and the forgiveness of sins, he reached down when we were blind and, and had no hope of life in anything. And he brought us not only from darkness, but establishes us in his kingdom. I want you to think about that for a moment. You remember the... You remember the... The, the man in Mark chapter 5, the, the man that lived in the tombs, in, in the gathering, in, in the tombs, and, and the Bible says he had a legion of angels, two, I mean, legion of devils, 2,000 plus devils living inside of him. That's somebody you don't invite over for dinner. All right, and the Bible says that, 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 he would, that he would act up in the middle of the night and begin to howl like a wild animal and all the, all the people of the town would get their, they would get their uh, torches and they would go out and they would take him and they would bind him, the Bible says, with fetters and chains and that means ropes and chains and they would, they would bind him and they'd set him there and say, okay, now you're better. But he would break the ropes and break the chains because he was wild. And the scripture says something, Mark chapter 5, it's really interesting, he says, and no man could tame him. You tame dogs, don't you? Or dogs tame you, I don't know. But taming just simply means that you're instilling your, your will and your authority over theirs. They still have it. But the amazing thing about Mark chapter 5 is this. The Bible says when Jesus got off the boat, immediately there met a man. And he fell at his feet and worshipped him. Now, there's some things in there that, that we could preach on that all day. But I want you to, to understand that nobody could help this guy. Nobody could stop this man. But there's 2,000 devils in him. They, they are wrecking havoc with his life. He is 
out of his mind. He is, he is one of those people that you look and say, how did they get in that situation? And they are hopeless, and he was in the dominion of darkness. But when he came to Jesus, the Bible says he fell at his feet, and he did something really amazing. He began to worship Jesus. Okay? Somebody needs to hear this. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what hold the devil has on you. I don't care if you are bound by, by uh, an addiction. I don't care if you're down, uh, uh, by pornography. I don't care what it is. It, and you say, uh, everybody's tried to help and it hasn't helped. And I've tried everything and I, can't try, and, I, and I can't do it. There is one sure way to get you set free. And that is if you go to Jesus and you fall at his feet and you worship him. And you understand that he is the one that has all power and authority. Because Christ set that man free and he can set you free. He rescued us. I don't know about you, but when, I, when the Lord rescued me from the dominion of darkness, I was like the man from the Gadarenes. I was at the altar worshiping him, acknowledging that I had sin and he was my Lord and Savior. That's when the Lord rescued me. Let's go on. I mean, I, I could preach all day, but we're not going to because the time is short and you're going to get hungry and get mad at me. Uh, oh, go back to that scripture, please. Hang on to that scripture. Look what he says. He, he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and then brought us. He transferred us. That's a transference. He took us from one place and transferred to another. It means to remove, to cause to change in an official position. I want you to think about that. You were a slave and a bond uh, servant to sin, but then he picked you up, set you free, and set you in the kingdom, and now you have an official position in, the, in this new kingdom, in the church. You are no longer a bond to sin. You're no longer a slave to the adversary, but now you have been set free. You are in the kingdom of Christ, and you are a child of God. He transferred you. You don't get it yet. We were lured by his spirit. He picked us up from darkness and placed us. We have a new citizenship, and we are no longer under the law that kept us in bondage. We now live by grace through faith. When you're in a foreign country, and I like to travel, but I'll be honest, there are some countries I've been to that you really watch where you're at. If you're in the Middle East, you make sure you obey all the law because the worst thing in the world would be to be going against their laws because if you're in their country, they have authority over you. How many times do we hear of missionaries that are in, in the Middle Eastern countries and other countries or China or someplace like that? And you say, what, you're really naming them? Yes, I am. Uh, any, any country that goes against the gospel, 
we need to pray for, but we need to understand that they are not of God. And, and they take these, these missionaries, they take their pastors, and they'll throw them in prison for the gospel's sake. They have thrown American citizens in prison because they didn't, because they were in that country and they were under their control. And what Christ is helping us understand, what Paul is trying to help us uh, comprehend here is, is that he took us from the darkness and he has set us in the kingdom of God and now we are no longer under those laws but we are now living under the law of grace. He does something else. He not, he not only rescued us or delivered us and put us in the kingdom, but he has also redeemed us. In whom, in Christ, we have redemption. A redemption is a, is a release affected by a payment, a ransom. It cost. Christ redeemed. He justified us through his blood. Years ago, uh, I, I was sent on an errand by my wife to, in, in Berkeley, California to uh, a place called Spun Sugar. And it, had, it was uh, down on Solano Avenue. It's a busy area. And they, uh, they have all these uh, baking stuff, like chocolates and molds and, and, and all the little extracts. And anything that you want to make candy or chocolate for, man, they have it. And, and it, it's incredible. She said, here's your list. Go get it, please. And, and so I did. I went down there, came back out, and I had a parking ticket. And I thought, man, I have a parking ticket. And if you don't pay them, you go to jail. You go to directly to jail. You don't pass go. So I decided that I would pay it because but but I thought that I had plenty of time so I called and I said hey I have this I have this parking ticket and they looked at it and they said well what's your license plate number and I told them and they and they said I, I don't have one like that I'm sorry you don't you don't owe anything and I said but it was on my vehicle and they said well it's okay it's not registered and then I looked at the ticket and the meter person you see how I didn't say meter maid, I said meter person, okay? Uh, I'm learning. The meter person had written down the wrong license plate number. And even though I was guilty, I didn't have to pay anything. <laughs> it was so great. I thought, let's do it again. But that's the way when the Bible says that, that Christ redeemed us. Man, we're guilty. We're guilty. We're guilty. We have sinned. We are sinners. I love the prayer. It says, Lord, I haven't done anything wrong today, and I haven't had any bad thoughts or anything, but I'm getting ready to get out of bed, and I really need your help. We're sinners. Well, sometimes we, we, we sin when we know it, and sometimes we sin and we don't even know it. We are sinners saved by grace, but we are rightfully 
to be condemned, and yet Christ's blood took our place. And when we stand before the righteous judge, he's going to look and say, I see your name, but I see nothing underneath it. He redeemed us. So why do we walk around sometimes like we aren't redeemed? Then he forgave us. Here's the great part. Ready? He forgave us. He forgave our sins. He dismissed our sins. Not only, well, you say, what does that sins mean? It's plural. It means past failures. 1 John 2, 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, past tense, for his name's sake. Your past sins are forgiven. Your present sins. 1 John one nine. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only are your past sins forgiven, your present sins. What about your future sins? Philippians one six. Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is complete. It's past, present, and future, and it all focuses on one thing forgiveness requires a relationship with god almighty it requires that we come to him and say lord i need a savior it's relationship that we dis- that we discover communion okay and i'm gonna one more thing then i'm gonna quit in fact the, the praise team can come up if they want this is what this is what grace has done for us. This is what the cross did for us. Rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Brought us into the kingdom of... And, 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 and we have redemption and we have forgiveness. But there's something else about grace that I, I just want to touch on just for a moment. And it's simply this. It's overcoming grace. You don't have to live with sin. When you're walking in the grace of God and you're no longer under the law, you don't have to live in sin. You don't have to tolerate or put up with or, or allow into your life any immorality or sin. He has given us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord that there is not one sin that can defeat you. There is not one habit that you can't break. There is nothing that you cannot get rid of in your life if it's keeping you from a relationship with God because this grace that we live in is not just to get us to heaven it's not just a get out of hell free card it's that you can have grace and more abundantly here whoever the sun sets free is really free you can live above that sin that's been tormenting you forever I don't know who needed to hear that but John Jesus says if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed Grace can release us from that power of sin. Romans 6, 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Grace is personal, and grace is experiential. 
Grace is personal. You have to walk after the Spirit. And grace is exper experiential because freedom is found in relationship with Christ. Would you stand with me? Let me ask you today. If you're not, if you're still in the dominion of darkness and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He can deliver you today. Whether you're here or online, it doesn't matter. He can set you free. It comes through relationship with Him. If any man believe that, that God is and a rewarder of Him, that you know, so you have to believe that God is and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. And, and if you are not a Christian, if you don't know what it's like to have your sins, that weight of sin, forgiven, I want to encourage you to believe and to trust in God. Why would Christ die for us and rise again just just to allow us to remain in this current position. He said that he, is, he had come to give life and to life more abundantly. You don't have to live with that weight of sin. You can bring it to Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But that grace goes beyond there. Maybe you know the Lord, but you've been struggling with self. Maybe you're, you're struggling with, with a, a habit or, or a desire or whatever it may be. But I want to let you know. I want to help you understand that, that there is a grace that comes through the throne of God that is above all sin. That, that there is no habit that can hold you. There is, no, there is no addiction that can control you. There is nothing in this world that can keep you down if you're a child of God. And you say, but it's been buffeting me for years. Maybe it has, but maybe today, today is the opportunity that you're going to take and say, I am going to give this to the Lord because I trust in Him. I trust in His authority. I trust in His power. I'm no longer under the dominion of darkness. I am a child of God in the kingdom of God. If you're watching online, I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, change me. I give this to you. If you're here today and the Lord is speaking to you and you're just wanting to say, I, I'm tired of this attitude that I fight with. I'm tired of this habit. I am tired of, 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 of this anxiety that the devil keeps throwing at me. Whatever it may be, if you want to lay it at the feet of the Lord and say, Lord, I know you placed me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of heaven, and I want victory over this. If you're here today and you want victory over whatever it may be, I want you to step out. Come down here. And as a declaration of victory, say, yes. Yes to the Lord. As our praise team sings, this altar is open.